0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Maylari. So tonight is Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. The Celtics somehow found a way to win three straight games, and now Game 7 is tonight at the TD Garden at 8.30 p.m., just about a half hour till tip-off. I'm going to give you guys a breakdown of what happened in Game 6, give you a preview of tonight's Game 7, and give you guys my thoughts on what I think is going to happen in tonight's down between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics, the Celtics and the Heat the first opponents to play in Game 7s in back-to-back years since the 1994-1995 season. The Celtics just became the first team in NBA history to play in Game 7s for both the conference semifinals and the conference finals in consecutive seasons, and that's according to a statistic from the Twitter account for the NBA PR team. And an interesting thing about the Celtics for this year is that they're 5-0 in elimination games. They've found a way to, when they backs against the, against the wall, they've found ways to win. That's why I think tonight, I think all the momentum is flipped. I think the Celtics win this game. The Celtics are now the fourth team in NBA history to be down 3-0 and force a game seven in the NBA playoffs. The 1951 Knicks did it against the Royals. The 1994 Nuggets did it against the Jazz. In the 2003 Blazers did it against the Mavs. All three of those teams lost, so the 2023 Celtics would be the first team ever to be down 3-0 and find a way to win four straight games and win a series. They're just the fourth team out of 150, though, to force a game seven, so that's very impressive. But obviously, all 150 teams before this year were 0-150 in those series. So obviously, when you're down 3-0 in the NBA, it's typically a death sentence. But for this Celtics team, they could make history as the first team ever to win a series after being down 3-0. Their advantage is that they have all the momentum in the world right now. They're at home tonight, and they are the better team. That's why I think they're going to win this game. As for a quick breakdown of what happened in Game 6, the Celtics shot very poorly all game, just 20% from three, seven threes out of 35 attempts. That was a season low for them percentage-wise. Also, was the lowest in a win this season for them. Uh All season, they had 27% as their lowest in a win this season. So it was not only their lowest Overall, this season, this single game, but also is the lowest in a win as well, which obviously goes hand-in-hand with the other stat. Jalen Brown said, we lived and died by the three in the regular season, but we had to change our identity to defense in the playoffs. Obviously, that worked. They played great defense against Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. Butler has been cold, just five of twenty-one for the floor in Game Six, with twenty-four points, eleven rebounds, eight assists, and a steal. He's only averaging nineteen points per game over the last two, so he's been struggling from the floor. I don't think that I don't think that really continues tonight. I don't think Jimmy's going to be cold again. He will have a big stat line tonight, in my eyes. I was wrong about him going off though in Game Six, but I think he's going to be. Great tonight. I think he's gonna have a big game. I think the Celtics will win another close one tonight. My prediction in game six was that was that the Celtics would win a very close one, which ended up being the case. I think the case is the same for tonight. I think the Celtics win another close one. Jimmy Butler did wake up in the fourth quarter though, it was three or five from the floor in the fourth quarter. 8-10 from the free throw line, and also had 15 points in the fourth quarter. So obviously, hopefully that momentum goes into tonight's game for him. Ezra Adebayo, just 11 points in the game, 4-16 from the floor in game six. Did add in 13 rebounds, so he was pretty good defensively still into the paint, but just 11 points, 4-16 from the floor. The Heat were struggling heavily in the paint. I mean, that's typically the way they were beating teams. They are beating the Knicks in the trenches with Jimmy Butler driving down the lane. Bam, Bam Adebayo with a great series against the Knicks, but they struggled. They struggled in the paint against the Celtics in Game 6. That obviously was a big difference in that game. The Celtics were up by 10 points with 4 minutes to go before going 0-6 in the next 6 possessions. Miami found a way to get back in the game. Al Horford followed Jimmy Butler with 2.1 seconds to go. It was a shooting foul reviewed by Joe Mazzula. Ends up being 3 shots rather than 2 shots, which it was rules on 4-2 shots. Ends up being 3 shots with the Celtics up by 2 with just 3 seconds to go. Jimmy Butler... Hit all three free throws. There was 2.1 seconds to go originally on the floor when that foul was called. Under a view, it goes from two shots to three shots, and it goes from 2.1 seconds left to three seconds left. So they added 9 tenths of a second, which... Boston really needed, they needed all nine-tenths of that second to win that game. Jimmy hits all three free throws in the clutch, giving Miami a one-point lead with three seconds to go. Joe Missoula drew a play after a timeout from Marcus Smart, who had a really good look at a turnaround three, ended up missing it, but luckily Derek White was there to save the day. Derek White hit a huge game winner, which I'm sure all of you guys have seen by now, saved the Celtics' season. White, in less than three seconds, not only inbounded the ball, but ran to the corner for a potential kickout, three-point attempt, and also crashed the glass. Red Marcus Smart shot perfectly off the rim and made a perfect play off his fingertips with just three-tenths of a second left for the win. Unreal IQ play by him. He's a great player, and obviously his IQ is a big reason that Greg Popovich was a big fan of him. Greg Popovich loved playing the game in San Antonio for years by fundamentals, and obviously played a big role in why he loved Derek White. Derek White does play very smart most of the time, obviously crashes the boards at the right time and found a way to get that ball off just in time. And Derek White said this. It doesn't do us any good just sitting in the corner whether Smart makes that shot or not. And he's obviously right. Standing in the corner there, it doesn't help you at all. Might as well crash the boards. So very smart play there by Derek White. And obviously, it was a big reason the Celtics won game five. And he's a big reason why they win game six. Derek White has stepped up in big moments. But a big worry of mine is that this is yet another game where the big shot's going to Marcus Smart. Not Jason Tatum, not Jalen Brown. And I talked about this probably about two or three weeks ago now on my podcast, on my radio show at BC. I was talking about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum being held accountable. Even if they're double teamed, that means the other one of them, whether it's Jalen or Jason, one of them is probably gonna have just single coverage against them. The other guy has to step up in big moments. They have to be held accountable. It can not be Marcus Smart always taking the big shots. Yes, Marcus Smart is not afraid of taking the big shot. That's why he does take the big shot 99% of the time, is because he's not afraid. The fate of the city is in his hands, whether he makes it or misses it, he has confidence in his shot, and that's what I respect about him. But as for Tatum and Brown, they love deferring and letting Marcus Samad take big shots. Derek White obviously is a big reason the Celtics won that game. Now becomes the second player in NBA history to make a game-winning buzzer beater when facing elimination. And his team trailing prior to that shot. The other to-do that was Michael Jordan in 1989 versus Cleveland. And now Derek White becomes the second player ever to hit a game-winning buzzer-beating shot. Uh, when facing elimination and having his team trail prior to that shot. So very impressive stat there. Derek White did come up pretty big in the fourth quarter, had eight points in the fourth of three of five shooting from the floor. As of Tatum and Brown, Tatum had six points in the second half. It was one of nine from the floor in the second half in game six. One of six from the floor in the fourth quarter. His first bucket from the floor in the second half came in the fourth quarter, which cannot happen. He was over 4 from three in the second half as well. The Celtics need him to make big plays in big moments. You cannot be humbly one of the best players in the world if you consistently seem to fade in big moments. You never want the ball in crunch time besides that big 51-point game against the Philadelphia 76ers. He typically doesn't want the ball in crunch time majority of the time. He did do pretty well in game six against Philadelphia and then obviously in game seven as well. But a lot of the times between the NBA Finals last year, between even the Eastern Conference Finals last year and the Eastern Conference Finals this year against the Heat, he fades in those big moments. He fades in those big moments. You can't be one of the best players in the NBA humbly and not take big shots. Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, they always took the big shot. Michael Jordan, yet another example, always take the big shot. You can't be one of the best players in the league and be one of the best players in the world if you consistently seem to fade in big moments, and when you do have the ball, you're dribbling it off your knee. He did turn the ball over a couple times in the fourth quarter in game six. And if you also look at it, he did it last year against the Miami Heat and the Golden State Warriors as well. Dribbling the ball off his knees in big moments, bricking shots in big moments. You need to play better in big moments if you're one of the best players in the NBA. You need to be held accountable. You need to be. And hopefully I'm wrong about him. It. Hopefully it's a big game tonight, which I still think is going to have a good game tonight. But I think the game's going to come down to the fourth quarter. I think it's going to be a very close game. Hopefully, Tatum proves me wrong and makes a big play in crunch time tonight. Tatum had 31 points overall in Game 6, but was 0 of 8 from 3 and 8 of 22 from the floor. Did play pretty good defense, 12 rebounds, a steal, and 2 blocks. But you can't be 0 of 8 from 3. He needs to shoot better tonight. Jalen Brown was 0 for 4 from 3 in Game 6. Started out very hot though. It was five or six in the floor in the first quarter with 10 points. 26 points overall of 9-16 shooting from the floor and 10 rebounds and two steals. But they both need to take big shots and make big shots in big moments in tonight's game. They need to do it. They need to do it. All the pressures on Miami, though, right now, Miami was undefeated at home before games four and game six. And now Boston's home in game seven. And it all just can't fall on Jimmy Butler. Miami needs. Guys to step up around Jimmy Butler, whether it's Duncan Robinson, Kayla Martin, Gabe Vincent. Those are three guys there that are going to be expected to take some big shots. With Tyler Harrow being out of tonight's game yet again, Miami's going to need Duncan Robinson, Martin, and Vincent to step up. Robinson was 4 of 8 from the floor and 2 of 4 from 3 in the fourth quarter. 4 of 8 in the fourth quarter and 2 of 4 from 3. That's all you really can expect out of a guy like Duncan Robinson. 10 points in the fourth quarter is exceptional for him. He did have two big chances, though, in the fourth quarter to put the Celtics away, or at least make, make things very hot on them, and he missed both of those threes in the fourth quarter. Miami needs him to stay hot, though, if they want to win this game overall at 13 points in game six. He's shooting 46.4% from three in the series, so he's been pretty hot from beyond the arc overall. Caleb Martin has been on a tear, 18.2 points per game, 5.8 rebounds, and shooting 46.2% from three overall in the series. 21 points in Game Six with seven to thirteen from the floor, four of eight from three, adding in 15 rebounds, a block, and a steal. He needs to have another big game tonight. If Miami wants to win this game, they need 10 points from Duncan Robinson, 20 points from Caleb Martin, and probably need around 12 to 15 points from Gabe Vincent, who returned to the lineup last game after missing Game Five with six of 18 from the floor, three of six and three, and had 15 points. Not a very efficient game from him. He did try to drive a ton on that hurt ankle. You could see he was playing a little bit timid even though he was driving pretty hard you could tell he didn't really want to land on that ankle He's shooting 50% from three overall in this series, 14 of 28. So, obviously, even with the hurt ankle, he can still shoot pretty good. He was 3 6 and 3 last game. I'd imagine he hits three threes again tonight. Miami overall as a team is shooting 42.4% from three. As with Celtics, they're shooting just 32% from three. Uh, so, obviously, if the Celtics want to win this game tonight, they need to shoot better from three. You can expect Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo to combine for another 9 of 37 shooting from the floor tonight. Jimmy Butler, in my eyes, he's going to go for 28 points, eight rebounds, and at least two steals tonight probably play around 45 to 46 minutes of action. He won't go out easily, as you saw last year in Game 6. He forced a Game 7 back in Miami last year, winning Game 6 in Boston last year with a crazy game, 47.7 rebounds and 7 assists. He's probably going to have another big game tonight. I think he has around 28 to 30 points at least. I know a lot of people criticized him for saying Miami will win Game 7. As he has said in every other game that Miami's lost between Game 4, 5, and 6, he said Miami's going to win each of those games and Miami's obviously lost 4, 5, and 6. But what do people expect him to say? Do you expect him to say, oh, yeah, we're going to lose Game 7, we're going to lose Game 6, we're going to lose Game 5, we're going to lose Game 4? No. As a competitor, you expect to win every single game. And you know Jimmy Butler's going to give you everything he's got. You can't expect Adebayo with Jimmy to combine for a 9 of 37 shooting from the floor again tonight. I think the Celtics win this game tonight, but I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a four-point game. I'll give the Celtics a 116 to 112 advantage in tonight's game. As of Boston, they need Jason Tame to step up. They need him to play consistent in all four quarters. He can't just fade in big moments. He's shooting very poorly from three in the series. 10 of 43 from three in this series. 23.3% overall from three. He's going to shoot, as he always does. He has to find a way to knock down more of those long threes. Obviously, he's going to shoot those threes just like Jalen Brown is. They need to find a way to shoot better from three. Jalen Brown, 6 of 34 from three in the series, shooting just 17.6% from three. He needs to shoot better. He needs to play aggressive and attack the Heat with his mid-range jump shot and drive to the hoop. That's what he does best. He needs that if the Celtics want to win tonight's game. As for Malcolm Brogdon, who missed game six, he will be back in the lineup tonight. Not sure how he will play, considering he's been playing with that right forearm strain. He's been struggling overall, so you really can't really expect too much from him. But if he can score maybe two or three threes off the bench, that would be big for the Celtics, although he's been shooting very poor from three, three is 16 from three in the series. Another player that the Celtics need probably some points out of, besides Derek White, obviously he's been playing great. The Celtics probably need around 15 points from him tonight. I think Marcus Smart's going to step up. I think Marcus Smart's going to have a huge game tonight. That's another prediction I'm out. I think Marcus Smart probably has around 15 points and obviously has a couple big steals as well, considering how great he is on defense. But a player the Celtics need to step up is Grant Williams. They probably need at least a couple threes out of him, just to be comfortable. He was less of an offensive threat the last two games, one of seven from three in the last two games. I expect him to play some decent minutes tonight. Hopefully he hits a couple threes off the bench. But my big game plan thing, so the Celtics, you need Tatum and Brown to turn the ball over less. You need them to play big in the fourth quarter. I think it's going to be a very close game. You need both those guys to shoot around 40% from three. You can't have 10 to 43 and 6 of 34 from three from those guys. They need to be better than 23% and 17% from three. A combined 40% from three, I mean, Marcus much would be 39% from three this series. You need Brown and Tatum to be better. As for... Malcolm Brogdon, you don't really know what you're going to get out of him. So considering he's been hurt, if you get a couple threes out of him, that's huge. Grant Williams, need a couple threes out of him as well. As for Miami, Jimmy Butler needs a 30-point game if they want to win tonight's game. They need 30 points from Jimmy and 20 points from Bam Adebayo. Adebayo's had 16 points or less in the last four games. As for games one and two, he had 20-plus points. They need 20 points out of him tonight if they want to win this series. If the Celtics pull this one off, is this the greatest comeback in Boston sports history? My answer is no. Obviously, a lot of people want to look at Tom Brady, the Patriots being down 28-3 in the Super Bowl against the Atlanta Falcons and coming back and winning. Obviously, that was a great win and is right there with what I think is the best comeback in Boston sports history. And I think it's the best comeback in all of sports history in general. And that's the Red Sox being down 3-0 in the 2004 AL pennant to the New York Yankees and coming back and winning four games straight. I think that's the best comeback in sports history, Boston sports history, and just sports history in general. If you look at that 2004 comeback, that was just historic. The Red Sox are playing their rival Yankees, and they came back and won four straight games, and nobody gave them a chance. As for the Celtics team, they're the two-seed playing the eight-seed Miami Heat. Miami, obviously, they're better than an eight-seed. They're not a typical eight-seed. But regardless, you're a two-seed who probably should have beat Miami in six games based on talent. But here we are in game seven. You were down 3-0. You should have never been down 3-0. So this isn't as great of a comeback, even though it would be the first one in NBA history in 151 times where a team is down 3-0. This would be the first time that a team comes back 3-0 and wins four straight games. don't think it touches the 2004 Red Sox. Plus, you would still have to win the NBA Finals if you want to be as historic of a comeback as that Red Sox team was. The Red Sox came back down 3-0 and then ended up beating the Cardinals in four straight games. So the Celtics would still have to win Game 7 and then obviously beat Denver as well for this to be as historic of a comeback Conference Finals, whether it's the AL Pennant or the East Conference Finals, and then obviously winning the NBA Finals just like the Red Sox won the World Series that year. You still have to win the NBA Finals at the end of the day. You still have to do it. Denver's been resting easy for a week. I think Denver would beat this Miami team in four or five games. I think they they beat the Celtics team in five or six games, considering how much rest they've had. And you look at that depth. You have Jokic and Murray who can give you 35 to 40 points any night. You have Michael Porter Jr. who, who can give you 20 points you have Catavius Caldo Pope, and Aaron Gordon, who, give you, who can give you 15 points. And then you also have Bruce Brown, who is the sixth option on offense, but he's given the Celtics trouble in years past in the playoffs, especially in that first year when the Celtics lost to the Brooklyn Nets in five games in 2021. So we'll see what happens in tonight's Game 7. I will keep you guys posted, give you guys a breakdown of that as for what my prediction is, as I said, I think the Celtics win this game by 4 points, 116-112. to 112. I think it'll be a very close game. I think it's going to come down to the wire, as did Game 6. Obviously, it came down to a great tip-in by Derek White. The Celtics' season could have been over. Just based off three-tenths of a second, the Celtics' season could have been over, and Miami could have been going to the NBA Finals. That's why I think this Heat team has lost all momentum, and that's why I think the Celtics will win this game in Game 7 tonight in Boston. But I think it's going to be a close game. I think Jimmy Butler's going to have 30-plus points. I think he's going to have a night defensively. And I think Bam is going to recover as well. So you need Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to shoot better. And I think that would help the Celtics win this game tonight. So we'll see what happens in tonight's game. But thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. and hope you guys have a good one. Thank you.